This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello there and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host, Joe Rimmer, and I'm joined by Theo Squires and Tom Cavilla for a very special podcast today. We're doing a bit of a QA. and um, I think we've spoken about every midfielder on the face of the planet, so I think we should do a Q&A to try and pass some time today on this podcast. Uh, Theo, how are we? Yeah, it's not bad. one of the questions, by the way. That's just should be, shouldn't it? For me. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. It's the most important question in the office yeah, today. Yeah, you doing well? Yeah, I'm all good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Tom, buenos dias. Cavilla. <laughs> buenos dias. Tom's taking Spanish lessons, so yeah. Tell us how you are in Spanish. Uh, todo bien. I'm good. Yeah. That was excellent. <laughs> all those lessons have been working, Tom. You can um, move to Spain now. Right. Well, we'll um, we'll crack on with some of these questions. We've got loads in, and I'll try and sort of go through them as we go. Let's let's start with um, probably the most important one we've got so far, which I just, I'm going to ask because I love it. Um, will Liverpool get new owners? Current owner is very stinky. Um, so, I mean... I, I, will, I can't will, say I've ever been close enough to John W. Henry yeah, to get yeah. the smell of him. I, I've always imagined, I mean, there's a lot of things you can throw at John Henry if you like, um, but I don't think stinky would be one of them. He, probably. I don't know, he strikes me as a man that would smell quite nice. Tom, you not think that? I mean, that's not the question again. That's just that's mine. Theo, will Liverpool get new owners anytime soon? Oh, the fact that you've thrown anytime soon there has completely changed my answer because I was going to say yes at some point in the future. Oh, there you go. Um, isn't it that the stance is that they are open to investors, mm-hmm. but it's not a full takeover at yeah. the moment. Yeah. They're quite content with the situation as it is, and so it stands. Like we've seen a number of clubs have difficulties with takeovers in recent years, be it Arsenal um, having, was it, a billion offer they rejected from in charge of, oh, what is it? Spotify, the Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the, the Swedish fellow. Yeah, yeah, they had yeah. that. Chelsea, all their problems since their takeover are well documented. Mm-hmm. United's takeover saga is just going on and on and on and on. Um, so you think Liverpool's owners, FSG, they're more looking to see what lies from the market, how much United goes for and everything like that. I can't see it being a full takeover anytime soon because they have got their feet under the table and it is just this search for yeah. general investors at the moment, which still seems to have taken a back step from what we were um, first hearing earlier in the season. But then at some point, they're not going to be here forever. There is going to be a takeover. But yeah, Liverpool quite content with how things lie at the moment. Let's follow this up, Tom, because we, you know, there's a lot of similar themed questions here and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll sort of go through some of them but but a lot of questions about the owners their, their investment I mean uh, let's, let's, let's be honest we're often called FSG apologists um, I think you can sit somewhere in the middle where, where do you sit on the owners Tom? Um, I think they've done a good job overall I think in terms of you know, the players they brought to the club obviously getting Klopp in and you know since they've been at the club Liverpool won the Premier League won the Champions League but I do understand why fans are frustrated when it comes to spending because we see a lot of the clubs around Liverpool, even clubs below Liverpool in the league now, spending more than them in the market. You know, there's always the stats going around about Liverpool's net spend yeah. being yeah. one of the lowest in the league over the last 10 years. So, yeah, they don't spend to the same level as Man City or other clubs who just go out and get, you know, they don't even need the players half the time, Man City being one. Yeah. Just signed Calvin Phillips for a season just to sit on the bench. Liverpool obviously don't have that sort of spending power to be able to do that, so have to be a bit more clever with who they buy and, and you know what how much money they're spending. But 
I, I'm sort of somewhere in the middle on it in terms of I don't think they necessarily need new owners because there's no guarantees they're going to be any better. But um, I think they do deserve a bit of credit for what they've done at the club as well. Yeah, I mean, just to complete that, I sort of go along with that. I mean, I feel like I've become more critical of the owners in recent years and I think I think Klopp summed it up quite well um, when he said that they should take more chances and he wished that... I don't know whether he said it in that many words, but he but he, he said he wished at times they took more chances. And I think, you know, certainly in the last few years, I think there have been opportunities Liverpool have missed mm. um, by not taking chances. And, you you know, that's a good example to use of, of um, Phillips to City. All right, that hasn't worked out and he may leave the club or he may kick on and become a better player, but, but sometimes you have to take a chance on a player to know. And I think it's... The, the, the players Liverpool have signed there's no problem with it's sometimes the players that they haven't signed mm. or the areas that they haven't strengthened that have left them weak and, I, and I'd like to see the owners say okay you know like let's take a gamble in the transfer market let's invest some money and um, it but just I think, strikes me though that it just comes down to transfers it does yeah I mean people need to look beyond transfers and they need to look at other areas of the club I mean anyone who goes to matches at Anfield will know that that stadium you know I there were times when I was younger, and I, you know, I'd bring friends to Anfield, and you know, it, it looked old, and you'd go to other stadiums when the Emirates was built and things like that. And I wouldn't say I was embarrassed of Anfield because I think it's an incredible stadium, and I think it always has been. But it certainly didn't feel right to be hosting Liverpool at times. You go, you take there now. I took a couple of friends from from abroad to Anfield earlier this year, and I was proud to walk around that stadium and show them. What was going on around there? It, it looks incredible. And, You'd and have like restricted views, wouldn't you? You'd have like yeah. the pillars in the yeah. corners, all the roofs so low down you couldn't see through the back of it stand. Let's be honest, people, Liverpool fans often take the mick out of Everton for mm. Waterson Park, and you know they're, they're going to have an incredible new arena on the, on the waterfront. But you know, I, I think you don't. We don't put enough into that. They have done things like they got Klopp. They brought in the the sporting director system that has, has worked so well. Training ground. Training ground. You know, again, it's not something fans directly benefit from, but we want Liverpool to have the infrastructure that that reflects the size of the club, and I think that they've done that. I do think they should have been taking more chances, but you give me, I'd take an FSG and a John Henry every day over, you know, Todd Bowen. Todd <laughs> you know, I mean, wouldn't you? Chelsea might be spending money like it's going out of fashion, and they might have found a loophole. It's the first time I think we've seen a club that isn't just like a sugar daddy mm. spending money. They found some sort of loophole. And fair play, but that's not you know that, that's not what you want, is it? You don't. They're just lashing money around at anyone and everyone. They've just signed a forward from Villarreal for thirty million. I mean, he was um, linked with Bournemouth, wasn't he? Yeah, January, yeah. it's like a failed medical stop yeah, to go in yeah. there. So, so I, I think the owners is a it. It's become a very tribal yes or no question when it's it's something so much more than that. But yeah, maybe maybe people would say that this isn't bold enough but I, I think it's better the devil you know for me it still comes down to when any owner takes over at a club what is the first thing you want them to be able to say they do during their legacy at the club win the Premier League win the Champions League yeah. FSG delivered both of them when coming in it didn't look like it was going to be possible they brought in a club that was on the verge of administration yeah. so for them to have done that yeah you can say they should have won more they should have spent more to be able to be in a position to win more but they're not a Man City they're not the Abu Dhabi billions there <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, they could have done more with what they have, but they have still done better than what at the eighteen teams behind them in the Premier League over the past five six years. Yeah, yeah, and and look, if it wasn't for Man City, we might be having a different conversation. But they're yeah. they're 
not just a, been an incredibly well-run club in terms of the sporting side of things, or FFP charges might <laughs> might change all that, but but also, I mean, whatever owner Liverpool had, could they have matched the money Man City was spending? Absolutely not. Um, ditto PSG, Newcastle now, and um, and look, well, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want the conversation that comes with an owner like that. It's part of my football club, but that, that is just me. Um, moving on, Theo, um, because a story should be going up around about now. Um, someone said, is it true that Liverpool have open talks for Southampton's Lavia? Um, Lavia? 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 Lavia, yeah. yeah. Uh, talks have been held, but I don't want anyone to get hung up on the fact that talks have been held means Liverpool are on the verge of signing him or are negotiating to signing him. It is just in terms of due diligence. Like Liverpool, we've been saying since March that the shortlist this year is longer than normal because of the uncertainty regarding whether they'd be in the Champions League or not and the fact that they actually need a lot more players than they have done in recent years like Canate, Diaz, Gakpo, Nunes when he's all been big money signings in the past couple of years it's just been that one yeah. whereas this year we're expecting three or four to come in the door so yes, there have been discussions about Lavia the same as there have mm-hmm. been discussions about Gravenberch uh, Taram, Kone, Vega, but that is just in terms of is he available? How much will he cost? What are his wage demands? Would he want to join the club? And just seeing what the whole market is. There is nothing in terms of, right, we're going to put in this bid, come to Liverpool now. Yeah. That's stuff that's still to be determined. But this isn't Liverpool like panicking or anything and they're falling asleep at the wheel. This is something they've always done. Like, we, we mentioned it, I think, on one of last week's podcasts when they got Simicast. Uh, they had three other left backs who were looking there at the time. We knew Jamal Lewis because the bid went in or the discussions went in mm-hmm. with a Norwich, with a Jota. Obviously, they went for Timo or would have gone for Timo Werner before oh. the pandemic happened. But beyond that, it was Jonathan David and another forward, Ismail Asar at Watford, before they decided to go for him. Mm-hmm. Liverpool always look at the number of players, have these initial discussions. And then, when the time is right, make that next step. They've not made any next step at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just because people are saying talks have happened. Get, there's that excitement there. Liverpool are about to make their next signing. But we've had that about three different players, I think, mm-hmm. over the past three days. As things stand, no new developments. This is just what Liverpool have been doing behind the scenes all along for the past two months. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, um, another question, Tom. Yeah. Isn't it better to fix the big thing this summer? The lack of legs, dual players, and lack of aggression from pressing players now with the likes of Kone and Taram. Try and get back into the title race. And then next summer, look for more creative players. Probably, yeah. I think because that's what, when you watched Liverpool last season, that was what they were missing the most. There was quite a few games where they just weren't able to compete in midfield and you know, even against teams like Wolves and Bournemouth, just getting out for yeah. out battled like in every um every challenge. So that's a bit that was a big concern last year. So I think yeah, that's that's probably something you want to address first of all. I think Liverpool have got enough creative players. You know, you've got people like Jones and Elliott that can play in midfield, who are quite creative themselves. So you know, you can call on them for that kind of thing. But I don't really think Liverpool have got that kind of you know, physical presence in the midfield at the minute. You've obviously got Fabinho who can do that role, but aside from him, there's not really anyone in there that, you know, as an opposition player, you wouldn't want to be coming up against in terms of, you know, yeah. fearing fearing them in terms of their physicality. So, 
yeah, I think they should definitely be looking at that sort of profile of player for this summer. And then, yeah, next year you could maybe look at someone a bit more like a Coutinho, sort of Vega, that kind of profile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for now that would be the priority. Go on with that, Theo. Yeah, I was. When you look at the, the list of players that we know are on the shortlist, there's probably more players on the shortlist beyond this. Like the Graven Birches, the Kones and the Tarams, they are those mm. physical players. I know Kone is a bit more defensive than the other two, but they're those six foot three, six foot four, box to box midfielders who just can't get the ball yeah. off, who can run all day long. Like we almost took for granted Henderson at his peak and Genie Wijnaldum because they weren't getting the goals and the assists, but they were doing that almost ugly side of the game so G- well. Genie Wijnaldum especially yeah. was a player that could shield the ball. I mean, yeah. he was technically very, very good, and I, and I think. I think Liverpool this summer, if they're buying a type of profile of player, want that player. They want a Junior Van Alden. Good, technically good, but you, you look very. <laughs> I was just thinking, actually, I was saying about like the physical player now, they have to be like six foot four, six foot three. Kante was like. No, no, but it's a different type of aggression. It's a different type of player, but yeah. he obviously break, breaking up play, amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's only, yeah. I think he's only like five or six or seven. But, but I think Liverpool and do Macaulay need... And Mascherano yeah, are yeah. small as well, but Klopp prefers his taller players. Yeah, I think you do need ones. someone taller though. Liverpool need height, don't they? Yeah. I, think, I think that's certainly the case. And I would go along with that again, I think. I, this has just got, but I think they want Taram as that, that main one. And I, and I wonder whether... They're waiting to see if they can strike a deal for Taran before they go to a Lavia or a mm. Vega or a Kone. Um, like I'd say yeah. my gut feeling is if you can get two, it's Taran and Graven Birch. Because like we know yeah, the yeah, talks have been happening behind the scenes yeah. with Graven Birch's representation yeah. in April at the start of the year. Yeah. But whether Bayern want to sell, whether Nice want to sell, the others, the deals are there to be struck. Like Vega's got a release clause in his contract. Yeah. Uh, Lavia's got one for next year. So Southampton's been relegated, so they seem deals that would be easier to bring to the table now yeah. but if they're just options and you're looking at these two to see if they're available first that is just gut feeling doesn't mean that is actually what's happening behind the scenes I don't have a Georgia smacker on speed dial <laughs> just calling them up every night to think, find out his thoughts but we'll see there's so many names on that shortlist and there's so much time for a deal to be sorted for at least one if not two of these midfielders yeah yeah. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll talk in that one of the questions as well that we've had a few um, is people saying what does your perfect window look like? So go on, Tom. Give us some names and, <laughs> and, and positions. What What does a Tom Cavilla, um, if you're your Liverpool's new Latin director, of football, what What does What does your perfect window look like? Jude Bellingham, oh, midfield. <laughs> Just get a deal from Real Madrid. Uh, home to the line after a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Graven Birch actually would be someone I would try to get in. Yeah, uh, I think he'd be a good signing. I think. What's being suggested, he wouldn't cost as much as the others. Yeah. I think twenty-five million is sort of the price that's been going around for him. So I think he would be one. Taram would yeah. be the other, and maybe that's going to be forty or fifty. Yeah. If you can't get him, probably would go for Lavia instead over Kone, I think. And then I think because he's Premier League. Proven, yeah, probably. That, yeah, because yeah, I don't think you want to go for too many yeah. from outside the Prem. You know, if getting one or two is okay, but I wouldn't necessarily be going for all of them no. to be in that category so yeah Lavia would be a good option I think if they could go for him and then Defender I still think is probably needed as well yeah. I know we've seen Van der Ven links quite a lot Yeah, uh, he could be a potential option um, outside of him there's not really been too many for that left side I mean Colwell from Chelsea yeah 
That would be a good one, but I just think that's going to be a hard deal yeah, to do from the sounds of it. If they could get him, that would be mm. very good, wouldn't it? But I don't think they're going to be able to, especially if Brighton can't yeah. get 30. And look at the way Chelsea are negotiating for um, Mount. They're, yeah. they're obviously not, you know, they're not going to give players away for nothing, are they? Which I think there was probably a feeling around Chelsea, wasn't there, going into the summer that they've spent so much they're going to have to cash in, but maybe Saudi Arabia's changed that for them. Theo, what, what does. Um, so hang on, what, what was your final list there? It's around... Cole will if it was possible, but that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't... Gravenberg, look. sorry. Gravenberg, Javier and... and Turam. Three midfielders? If possible. Three midfielders? <laughs> no. no. Two. If we're going to go two, Gravenberg... Yeah, it's, your, it's your window, Tom. And Lavia would be the two. Gravenberg and Lavia is your two. Yeah. And then which, what defender have you named one? Or? Van der Ven. Van der Ven. Yeah. This always amuses me because when we choose our dream list, it's always <laughs> the names that are being speculated. Yeah. You never got anyone go throwing someone's a curveball. Like your dream one, should it be Mbappe? You want someone who's completely mad that's never going to happen. <laughs> that's what dream means to no, me. No, but we're, 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 we're playing dream within parameters here, aren't we? You know, like, I'm sorry to just go big fish, little fish cardboard box there, but, but you know, I mean, we're, we're playing like this isn't just, you know, a Pele or whatever. You know, we're, <laughs> You've got to you've got to pick someone that. Um, fits. You can still pick someone that isn't on the list. Yeah, but. it's still out of these players. They're ones that we've not necessarily seen a lot of, so it's hard to mm. judge. And you, you're just going for what you have seen, like the under twenty one zeros. Well, if we're all logging into UEFA websites and staying glued to for these games, um, looking, I did a profile piece at the weekend, and Taram was the one that seemed to fit the bill best. Yeah. Like you can be a number six, you can be a number eight. He's really good on the ball, and he's got that like. He's been compared to Pogba, he's been compared to um, Frank Rijkaard from back in the day with Dutch. He's got a bit of Yaya Torre yeah. profile about that him, sort that sort of, of player. tall, skillful player, which yeah. you don't see often, do you? But mm. when I think when a midfielder has that combination of, of height and presence plus technical ability, it's hard, to, it's hard to beat, really, isn't it? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So that that's one like that moment like, you see as the dream one because he ticks those boxes and it's a play you can get excited about. It's something that Liverpool lacked for a number yeah. of years now. When um, Klopp described his perfect midfielder, it was that profile: someone who can do a bit of everything. You're six foot four, and you think Turam fits the bill. Gravenberch does. He get goals too. Hasn't got too many, but when you look at how Nice played him, it was more like in a deeper two. Like there was a few times when he was on the right hand side of the four three three. But you think, well, Liverpool could have him in the advanced midfield role in the new system, or they could have him as a six or an eight in the yeah. traditional one. And he is still very young, so he can get better. Mm-hmm. Birch technically ticks those boxes as well, but we all look at him and go, he's definitely played at Bayern Munich. That's the red flag, mm-hmm. isn't it, against mm-hmm. Birch? Which shouldn't be, that shouldn't be like the, the be on end, though, because some players just don't fit certain clubs. But it is odd in the season that they haven't been that brilliant. He's not been able to play. Mm. And the fact that he's spoken so much as well, yeah. it's like, is that a good thing or a bad thing that he just wants to give it up and yeah. go and try again elsewhere? Yeah. Like sometimes it just doesn't work at clubs. So yeah. I've seen Sadio Mane yeah. go there yeah. and it's yeah. not worked yeah. for him. I've seen a number of players leave Liverpool over the years and it hasn't worked from elsewhere. Yeah. They're just the perfect fit. And Graven Birch is someone Liverpool have been watching since they first played him in the Champions League yeah. back in 2020 when he was like 16, 17, 18, coming into that Ajax yeah. side. So he's another one who fits the bill there. And if we ignore the year at Bayern, you say he's more exciting than Duran because he burst into the scene so much yeah. and he was supposed to be this next big generational talent. Granted, Bellingham's sort of stolen that thunder somewhat and mm-hmm. taken it to completely new levels. It's incredible that they got him for such 
was it 21 million last year? That was with the add-ons. Yeah. It was I mean, like 16 mil up front or something like that. It's a, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because like, you do look back at last year and think, well, if Liverpool were that convinced by it, surely when they were in the same year that they were sniffing around an 88 million player and, and too many. Hmm. I mean, what did they just, did Bayern just move quicker? Pro- possibly, probably. Um, but it yeah, sounded like they sort of fell asleep like in the terms of he was on the radar but the attentions were looked at sure many yeah. and a Bellingham having those discussions sort of getting do- Nunes done last year yeah, as well and Bayern weren't looking at those yeah. two so yeah. they just went and got him yeah. first yeah. they got two in once they signed uh, Missouri as well so they signed it was like a, like a double deal kind yeah. of thing lucky I'm sitting next to two people who actually watch football nowadays yeah <laughs> really get much chance um, but sorry so you, you on your list is Saram you were big into a right back weren't you? you that was your thing I'm sure, pretty sure we discussed that I've done it at one point and then I sort of U-turned at the same time but that's because I don't think they're going to I think they're yeah. going to stick with Trent as the inverted role yeah. it's funny like you said before isn't it how the narrative of the summer almost shapes like I, I think you wouldn't have said to anyone at the start of the summer who's your dream sign and they go Taram yeah. <laughs> Kevin Taram from Nice you know like uh, and I do people get very hung up on players that they'll you know They'll have never watched, and and they'll they'll go oh Taram Taram we don't get Taram I'm gutted we don't get Taram and and you know at the start of someone they'd never say him and it's and it's like that isn't it it's like you know I want to write back I want to write back Liverpool aren't buying a right back no I don't really want to write back you you they do get you into, into their narrative well, sorry got, yeah. got to choose your priorities as well because you say if Liverpool had endless funds and they could sign whoever they wanted if they're in City's position where he's good he's available yeah, let's yeah. just get him for the sake of it you'd say let's get a right back so we've got that cover. Let's move Silicas on and get a left back as well. Let's get a forward because Salah's on Afcon duty. But Liverpool are having to choose yeah, the battles, yeah, and it's yeah. that left-sided centre back. And it's again, oh, I've not really seen Van den Ven, but he's really tall. And there's that one, one video from his one. Yeah. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> that one yeah. So maybe we should be a bit more sensible and choose Levy Cole instead. But I, I did like the Van den Ven comments where he said, "Oh yeah, I'm aware of all the speculation. I speak about it with my agent. Yeah. I'd love to move to the Premier League." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, he's actually been really honest about it. Yeah. Um, and he's a Dutch player who, obviously, well, Van den Van Dyke can be in his ear. Count uh, Gakpo can be in his ear. He's already speaking the language, but other players could emerge on this list soon yeah. like we've seen um, Gonzalo Ignacio sort yeah, yeah, of emerge yeah, yeah. well I think he's meant to be very good he's meant to be good but they're not willing to do it Yeah. and I think you know when they were being linked with Ugarte and yeah, yeah, I got dismissed yeah. pretty quickly yeah. on it's like we're thinking now maybe they weren't looking at Ugarte they were looking at him Yeah. but that doesn't mean it's going to be a feasible deal but yeah we're choosing a dream summer out of four or five players that we know are on the shortlist yeah. and Liverpool still could just pluck a name that is not on that shortlist and yeah. say they were the first choice all along. So, you're, so who are you saying is your three then? Well, Colwell and the two midfielders. Yeah, Doesn't just because I've actually seen Colwell. You could throw another player in there if you want to. I mean, I'm going to go slightly different. I'm also going to be. I've joined the Tram fan club. <laughs> I'm on the Tram train, but um, I'm going to throw James Ward Prowse into there. You've got me with this. I'm in. Um, homegrown thing Theo I've been sitting near you too long and this homegrown thing is keeping me up at night and I'm thinking what if Liverpool can't name 25 players whatever will we do um, so you know I, I still think if Liverpool, Liverpool have got McAllister if they sign to Ram and they've got a year left with, with Thiago granted you know he, he has his injury problems they've still got a couple of years of Henderson haven't they yeah um, you know and, and I think so for all the aggregators, you're saying replace Thiago with James Will Prowse? No, don't don't say that. Don't, say that. <laughs> don't want that. Don't want that. Journalist says no, but um, 
I do, I do like James Ward Prowse, you know, and I think if it's homegrown, a bit of experience, and I've seen, we've seen Liverpool benefit from these types of deals before, you know. I, I always go back to Shakiri and think, at the time, he's a great signing. It was a good signing, wasn't yeah. it? You know, Liverpool were at that point where they had a good first eleven and needed to bolster the squad a little bit with players who were who were handy in different situations, and, and he proved to be to be really handy. I remember him scoring at Burnley, you know, when they turned the game around there one one year, and and. and it's, it's players like that that just gain those extra points and I quite like Ward Prowse and I think he'd be another weapon I know his, his free kick we talk about that ability but that, that imagine getting a free kick at the end of the game and you've got him coming off the bench or, or just on, on the pitch it would put the fear of God into teams who wouldn't want to give away free kicks you've obviously still got, got Trent there his corners are take as well. well. His corners set pieces. I think we're saying they've got Van Dijk, yeah. they've got Canate. We're signing a six foot four yeah. Taram. We're signing a six foot yeah. three Graham Birch. And this is my dream. I, I, I don't think that. And say dream again. It's dream within the parameters of what we're talking about. But I, I don't think they would get him because I think Southampton would ask for a lot. But I do wonder if we got through to August, he's not sold. Whether they'd still say forty million or whether it would drop to twenty, I don't know. But um, yeah. I like the idea of Ward Prowse. I think he'd be a good third choice, and, and I feel like he's one as well that, you know, in a couple of years Liverpool could probably move him on, um, and 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 go again uh, in midfield. And, and I sometimes think that you know we talk, discuss City. City are quite good mm-hmm. at that. They're quite good at bringing people in, yeah. using them, and then saying right, we'll move him on. And I think Liverpool should do that more often. Laporte's supposed to be the last, latest one, isn't he? Like he's supposed to be on the move. Yeah. Laporte. Laporte, yeah. yeah. Or Laporte. And he was like, what, the best centre back in world football yeah, along with Van Dyke for two years. I mean, remember the year we won the title? He, he got injured and it was, you know, it was almost like That's that, it. that really yeah. hurt them, didn't it? So, so I, I do think Liverpool wed themselves to players for quite a long time at times. And I, I just think that he'd be a good signing. So, yeah. And then, I say, that one video of Van de Ven has, has got me signing up. Um, yeah, rapid. But yeah, um, so that would probably be my three. That that question, by the way, was from Owen Owen Thompson. So thanks for that question. Um, it's one of the more thought out questions yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going through this. The stinky one that was from someone called Calvin. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, do, 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 do. Let's go back to actually. Yeah, there's a lot of questions on the same theme. What's Liverpool's transfer budget? How much do you think they'll spend? What you know? How much are all these players going to cost? What do you think, Tom? Do you think? Do you think? I mean, no one's going to be able to sit there. I don't think there's any journalist who can sit there and say they've got a budget of two hundred million. Because I don't, first of all, I don't even think it works like that. And second of all, Liverpool would never give that information away because that would be ridiculous. Yeah. <coughs> never want. Excuse me. <coughs> never want. Um, never want like a, an opposition team to know they've got Tom. Just answer this. <laughs> How much do you think? Um, you didn't jump in there and say <laughs> just let him suffocate yeah, yeah. the podcast um, like Joffrey um, how much do you think Liverpool are roughly going to spend this summer if you had to um, take, take a wild guess the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo well we've already spent 35 I think it's probably going to be 150 around 150, about that 150 yeah somewhere I'd say around there yeah Aggregators now getting yeah. out. <laughs> but the only the only summer I can really remember is like that is obviously twenty eighteen when they yeah. spent a bit more than that. Since then, it's been you know a lot less than yeah. that. And, yeah. But I think this summer, they, if they're going to at least be signing two more midfielders, 
potentially a defender. Yeah. Don't think there's any way it's going to be below 100. So yeah, exactly. Even, even if they're 30 each. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'd probably be somewhere between 120, 140, between that. Yeah. I don't think they're going to... Actually, 20 million is going to be the difference and we'll get the top four or not. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to be like 200 plus million, no. but yeah, I would say it's going to be somewhere over 100, yeah. um, but not going crazy amounts, sort of to Chelsea levels that we've seen from no. Tom Bowley. Go along with that, Theo? To be honest, I don't care. It's not my money. They can spend what they want as long as they get the targets in. I think Liverpool's budget, it's never a window-by-window window thing that we seem to think they have because of football manager in this. It's They get an annual budget and they work within that. So Gakpo was part of well, that year's budget. Yeah. He would have been a summer signing now if they could have waited, but they got him six months early, same as Diaz yeah. the year before. And it's just, you know, they've got their little computers behind the scenes going, how much is this player worth? How much can we get him for? So like McAllister was a bargain at thirty-five million. Yeah. They weigh it up deal by deal, and if it's not beyond the realms of what they've actually got in the kitty, they'll do it. They're yeah. not going to like bankrupt themselves or anything. Yeah. But if there's a, a great opportunity that comes available, ah, oh, this player's twenty million less than we thought it'd be. Can we go for him? They'll probably sanction it. Like we saw them with Alison Becker. They thought, oh, we're not going to sign a goalkeeper. Uh, Danny Ward's going to be number one. He's not available. And then all of a sudden, oh, here's 65 million to get him. Yeah. And you can say, oh, that was part of the, the Coutinho money, but they've already got Fabinho, Cater, and Van Dyke with that. Yeah. So they just weighed up. Don't forget that summer they were trying to sign Fakir. Yeah, Fakir as well. about that. And they would have signed Fakir yeah. had it not been had it not been for um, those late issues with the deal. So, you know, I, I do think a budget isn't something. And, and we've had another question, which I think sort of is a bit of a statement, but do, do Liverpool have a bigger transfer budget than the Doom merchants predict? Or has the not had any outgoing yeah, yeah, confirm that we're scratching no. around for every last penny, penny? I can say that no one has said that we're scratching around for every <laughs> last penny. It suits Liverpool negotiation-wise to act that they have little money available when when they may actually have a considerable war chest. I don't think there's a such thing as a war chest. I mean, maybe <laughs> Newcastle might have a war chest because they, they've got a bit of a bottomless pit, but I, but I think it's exactly what you're saying, Theo, is that they... They know roughly in terms of how much they can sanction on certain players. And it might be they get to the end of the window, haven't spent loads, and a good deal comes up that they can do or they can't do. It's got a lovely image now with yeah. Newcastle having like this uh, little bank vault with a screw duck and <laughs> all these coins, and they just dive in, get a handful out. But that's it, that's not how budgets work. Like in any place, you know, like it, you, you don't. I don't know, it, it's not just like a yeah, a big box that they open and they go, right, it's empty now, so wait till next summer and we'll refill it. I think, you know, there might be times when Liverpool have gone, we'll buy him next summer, but the chance to buy them is now. So, well, we, there you go, Diaz. Diaz is a perfect, perfect example of that, of a time when they've gone, we'll buy him in the summer. Chances come up there and then, and they've spent that money. So I don't think, I think people need to get this idea of like transfer budget out their heads. There will be deals that, they'll have to say no to Duke Bellingham being one of them because of the cost them. but I, but I, I don't think that is because they look at a budget as such I think it's just it's almost like a discussion is it around the table and they say you know we can't we can't come to it so uh, that's, the, that's the recruitment model with the sporting director the recruitment team <laughs> the ownership and the manager yeah yeah well there you go I'm just sorry I'm just um, looking through the questions and we've got there's still loads of transfer questions so we'll come back to them but I quite like this question I, I want to sort of come away from transfers just for a minute to, to ask this um, Shades of Grey at 50 uh, has asked do you think there'll be much change around VAR decisions and what change do you think should be added or removed and then he says I think goalkeepers should be watching and kicking the ball from their hands on the 18 yard line 
as I believe some hold the ball over the line and the six second rule should be enforced more yes I definitely think mm-hmm. it should he says especially for Pickford uh, <laughs> but um, I'm not so worried about Pickford but in general 100% think that's six second rule it really 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 annoys me that we talk about time wasting I, I remember when Mignolet got done yeah. Well, yeah, look, I, I, and I think if they want to stop time wasting one of the things they should do and this would be my change 50 shades of grey at 50 no shades of grey at 50 oh I see what he's done there um, <laughs> my change would be to, to give more indirect free kicks against goalkeepers who um, who time waste? I think it's yellow cards. Free kicks in the box. Sorry, great. you know when you just turn it off in the yeah, box. Exactly, yeah. Absolutely, the one. Well, but but if, if a goalkeeper is absolutely taking the, you know what, when they're when they're time wasting, mm. then an indirect free kick would definitely put them off because a yellow card doesn't bother them because you know if you're one minute before the end of the game, you're not bothered about getting booked, are you? And I definitely think so many of them hold it over the six seconds. They either have that rule or don't because it's it's um it's a bit silly now. Yeah. But go on. Changes to VAR. Well, they're bringing in, going back to like time wasting and yeah. that, um, they're bringing in a new law next season, which has already been approved. Next season or this season? This season coming. Yeah. For. Um, which is when? Sorry, Tom. August. <laughs> so, goal celebrations will now be accounted for time wasting. Yeah. So, if you spend two minutes celebrating off uh, with your teammates, that's now going to be added on by the referee to the. At a time, so yeah. that's being confirmed. What happens if VAR checks it? So you celebrate it once, have to wait for the check, and then celebrate again. VAR not time wasted then. Surely they take a second celebration as the. Um... But they do need to clamp out, clamp down on it more though. I mean, we saw it with Newcastle being the worst defenders yeah. for it last the time season. Time wasted their way to the Champions uh, League. <laughs> just horrendous. <laughs> that, like every game they were doing it, and you can't really do anything against it, which is. Makes it even worse because oh, I they really get a hostile Champions League group. Like, imagine <laughs> having to go to like Istanbul or somewhere like that and having all the whistles and the booze yeah. and the bottles thrown down on them because they're time wasting. Oh, to be fair, you know, like one of them, fair place in the. I'd rather Newcastle enjoy the success than Manchester United, but um, but yeah, they were bad for time wasting this season. Theo, any rules you'd change? For your, I mean, I'd love to scrap VAR altogether. <laughs> I think it's a bad thing. I was going to swear that bad thing. <laughs> Well, the change to VAR, we've already missed the boat for him coming in this year, haven't they? Like, all the changes are now done, so we'd have to wait. They, I don't think months. this guy is actually asking you to write to the FA and get it changed. They just oh, tell I've us probably what done that in a piece before. Yeah. When I say yeah. that VAR's broken, um, there's so much you could change. Like I think rather than having VAR, VAR on everything, <coughs> when they sort of fluctuate between what is up for debate and what isn't, just have it as managers can appeal decisions. Like, you know in tennis, where you can just challenge one, don't, um, I don't agree with that. You can do it in cricket as well. Like, make it a bit more tactical. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> then the game can just flow, can't it? No, you're, you're making the game not flow. Why? Yeah. If you're flowing... Because so you're that allowing managers to challenge something. Yeah, but you don't get a limit on challenges. You how can't many challenge you everything. Get? I don't know, say three. Yeah. So you get three challenges a game. Both managers can challenge three times. That's six challenges <laughs> that are going to happen each game, which involves a conversation... Which involves I don't know. Let's say let's say again that we're in the last three minutes of a game, and the team's nil nil or something like that, or one nil up. That manager would be challenged, and they haven't used their challenges. You'd be challenging left, right, and centre. The <laughs> but then it's tactical. It's something that you can bring in. It's something else to have in the game. You've got a bit more control. <laughs> Don't tell over me it. you agree with it. Yeah, I think it would probably be a bit too much. But it's a, I see what you mean. They do have it. Like, so they have like, other sports. Timekeeping. 
rather you know they keep saying should we just make it a 60 minute match clock stops when it goes yeah, out of play they should stop the clock I agree with that that's yeah. one thing they should do if like, you have an injury or something they should stop the clock I suppose the, the, the other side of that is we got to the World Cup where they had like 15 minutes other than the end yeah. of the game and, and there's got to be a point hasn't there where they say you know what we can't play 15 minutes at the end of every game even if Newcastle have you know, been <laughs> juggling the ball with their, on the sidelines you know I, I think there has to be a limit but there just has to be practical practical ways of it seems to be time wasting by the way is the theme here is it yeah it's almost as though it happened against Liverpool many times last season well just I think it is happening in football quite a lot you know um, I think I don't know it's always happened doesn't it but but I do feel like it's something that even the more ambitious clubs taking on a bit more well um, think back to the Barcelona game when you're 4-0 up it's like Liverpool time wasting the corner. You're all screaming from time yeah. wasting the corner. Yeah, you're course. not saying, "Oh no, you can't do that." But We've time wasting the corner, by the way, is is a different, different. thing entirely. Yeah. To What's like, the keeper? You know, oh, Allison could time waste all he wants yeah. in that game. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's so, as long as it suits you in the interest yeah. of yeah. that match. Like, change our narrative, don't we? Yeah, and I, th- I suppose with Liverpool, they get frustrated because teams time waste against them because they protected nil nil or whatever it might be. And, yeah. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, um, moving on then. Um, question marks over Fabinho's ability to reach peak form again, and Henderson's legs clearly gone. How crucial would the assigning a defensive midfielder be with only possessor journey 18 and coming back from a long term injury? Tom, do you think they need a defensive midfielder? Um, it's probably a position they do need to look at, yeah, because as me and Theo were talking about on one of the podcasts recently with Fabinho, you don't really know what you're going to get next year from him because. What we saw from the last season was a bit inconsistent compared to previous years. Um, I guess that would be Turan would take on that kind of role in, in where Fabinho would be. But yeah, they haven't got a great deal of cover in there. And then, as you say about Henderson, he's not quite got the legs he used to have yeah. getting older. He's probably not going to be playing every game now. He's going to be probably more of the Milner role of coming in in games. So if Fabinho was to get injured as well, you know, you're going to be left short there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a position they need to look at because we don't know what Fabinho's future is at the club. It's yeah. unlikely he's going to be staying past his contract. I mean, it would be unlikely, I think. He's 2025 as well, is he, Fabinho? Well, no, he's one of the longer ones. Is he? I think he's 26 or 27. But what, I think he's 26. Okay. But once you get to his point, his next contract, I, just, I couldn't see him you know, getting in. Three year, yeah. years, isn't it, now? I think he'd still stay for at least another year or two, but I don't think, you know, Liverpool side of him haven't got much yeah. competition for that position. So yeah. it's definitely something they need to look at this summer, I think. What about you, Theo? Are you, you go along with that? Um, well, I think Liverpool are looking at it in terms of, you look at the, the players on this shortlist that we yeah. know are out there. Kone is a holding midfielder. Lavia is a holding midfielder. Graven Birch and Tram are more eights box to box but they can do it in the way that Genie and Adam could do it before mm-hmm. so whoever they bring in you'd imagine it is one who can fill in in that role sometimes um, like we said Fabinho's got a few years left on his contract and he gets to the end of that contract Bersetic is in his 20s you think well you'll know if he's a number 8 or if he's a number 6 at that yeah. point and you can dress it more there uh, I think it is just Horses for courses at the moment. You get in another all rounder, but a more physical all rounder in comparison to McAllister, who can be the number six when you want them to be, but they can also be a number eight. That keeps you going for this year, next year, unless Fabinho drops off even more. 
not playing every week, you might get a bit more from Fabinho because yeah. like he, he has been playing a ridiculous amount of football over the past three, four seasons. And then you can reassess the situation when he's at the end of his contract and your players are that little bit older. You've obviously still got Tyler Morton in the mix, yeah. who was a great number eight at the academy level, did well at uh, number six when he had his year in the first team. He'll be looked at in pre-season. It's not the pressing issue in that midfield for me at the moment, that having the holding midfielder. It's more getting the legs, those box-to-box players that can just give Liverpool their intensity back, their identity back. And if someone can do a couple of jobs in it, it covers you for now. But yeah. you've got to pick your battles. Yeah, I, I go along with that. I, I, I still think Liverpool will get a bit more out for Fabinho if they get the right people in around them. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's any surprise that his form improved towards the end of the season when they had Trent going alongside him. He looked a bit better with Bessetic alongside him and once Liverpool form picked up themselves. So I, I still think they'll get a bit more out of Fabinho, but, but I do think you're right. And I think it leads into our next question um, and one we will finish on, um, which is what players would you sell this summer? And just my answer to that would be I don't really think there's many people in the squad that they can afford to. You know, maybe a Simicash, but they'd have to buy another left back. Um, but but apart from that, I don't really see there's any position that you could, unless they're young or whatever, that you could sell. Because I personally would sell Tiago. You know, I, I don't think Tiago has a long-term future at Liverpool. And certainly beyond the end of next season. Um, I don't think he's contributed as much as we hoped. Um, but. I don't think they can afford to sell Thiago because he's, um, you know, they haven't got enough midfielders. And I think by if you go back a couple of years by not buying midfielders in a, in a spread out way, you know, they, they should have been selling one this summer, one last, possibly one the year before, and changing changing the squad that way. Basically, think, what they did with the forwards. Yeah, exactly. I think what they've done is they've, you know, they've cost themselves the chance to sell a Thiago. You know, I, I, could they have let Firmino go this summer had they not signed Diaz? 18 months ago and, and, and Darwin Nunes last summer and Gakpo in the, at Christmas you know they, they've done that right with the forwards and um, you know and in doing so they've opened up the chance to allow those players to turn over but I think in midfield now they're stuck um, so I don't think they can sell a Fabinho I don't think they can sell a Thiago and um, it's probably a similar story in defence because I think you'd probably sell Matip wouldn't you while you can get a little bit of cash for him um, but not Phillips. You can't. I, I, it's funny one with Nat Phillips because he's the type of player isn't he, that's it's only ever done all right when he's come in. Sorry, you saying sell him? I think, I think it probably makes sense. They've definitely it's... tried to sell him every summer yeah, for the last I mean... ten years, haven't they? But he's he's done really well when he's come in. I really like him, and it, you know, in in some ways, you'd think maybe he could come in and be 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 an understudy, and they could sign someone else. But obviously, they they don't see it like that. So yeah, I don't think they'll sell any high profile players. Nat Phillips, obviously, mm. they will try and sell, but. Um, I'm hopeful that the Nat Phillips just stays to um, stays in, in Liverpool like for the rest of the time. And they just <laughs> he's closing on yeah. a testimony in a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, they just keep extending his contract. So fair play to him, Nat Phillips. Go on, uh, Theo. Who would you sell? Um, I think Kelleher does need to go. As good as he is, and you don't want to I see want him to leave. Stay, though, yeah. you, you want him to stay. Yeah, he could play in the Europa League for a year, but if you need to raise some funds, he's the obvious one. Mm. It almost feels unfair keeping him yeah. at this stage. Like by all means, put a buyback in that contract. Say we'll sign you back in three years' time when Allison's a bit older and might need a new number one. Yeah, buyback is a good, good show. But for now, just let him go and play elsewhere. Granted, that makes it harder to get in a good number two. This is always Liverpool's issue, where they look and yeah, we could sell this player and get X for him, 
but are we actually going to get in a better replacement who can pick it up straight away rather than need time to ease in and more often than not they've decided not to and then players have just gone on free transfers like we've seen Emery Charon oh we'd rather just keep him for the last year Genie Ronaldo would rather just keep him for the last year we're going to see it again with Matip and Thiago by the looks of things and Liverpool is quite a wealthy club within reasons like they're not Man City rich Newcastle rich but it's not a case of we desperately need that 10 million from Joel Matip just to yeah, yeah, break even true. this year yeah. like he's going to be a good option as a fourth choice centre-back a third choice centre-back there are a number of players in that squad who you could try and upgrade on Matip is one uh, Simicass is one uh, but you can't sign, sign everyone at once you can't, yeah, you exactly. can't sell everyone can't like, this was part of the reason yeah. why the midfield was put on hold until this year because they were doing the attack last year they didn't want to basically just rewrite two thirds mm. of a team in one summer mm. and uh, saying that it's not like getting your kitchen done so we can't afford that bathroom at the same time I still think they could have put in a new toilet <laughs> no, you know what I mean I still, I still think I, I think looking back the last two years they should have they're buying three midfielders this year or there or thereabouts they should have signed one each other somewhere for the last three years yeah. they desperately wanted to raise funds two months ago you and me were saying oh we'd send Jota get 40-50 million for him job done everyone's happy but then he comes in and puts in all those goals yeah. in the last season think oh he can still do a job yeah. we'll keep him as one of the forwards halfway through last season a lot of people were talking about selling for being here. Tom, Tom who would you sell before we say goodbye I was saying before Nat Phillips I think it's probably I, I don't really count that. Like, he's not been a first-team defender for a while now. He just but fills in there. I, still, I think that's a cop-out, yeah. to be honest. No, it's yeah. not, because yeah. he's still a player in the first team. So, Do you want to sell Matty uh, Musilowski as well? No. Matt Phillips is the choice because all he's doing is sitting on the bench most weeks. He's not. Tom, they're, they're, no one's sitting at home going like, don't sell Matt Phillips. Well, no offence to Matt Phillips. Can... Maybe, maybe, I mean... It's, it's just his value is not going up just by no. sitting on the bench. You might as well sell him at this point. They are going to try that. Aside from Nat Phillips, let's take Nat Phillips out of the equation, Tom. Mm. Um, I probably would have said Curtis Jones. Uh, um, you used to say that. I, I would What's have said. Problem? I would have said Curtis Jones a couple of months ago, to be honest, um, because homegrown, another one. Yeah. Player. <laughs> squad, but if you get your way. Curtis Jones has obviously turned it around a little bit at the end of last season, so he's probably not going to be sold. But Would you sell Salah to Saudi? No. I think the only other one you could probably say is Simicast, because you could probably get a decent-ish fee for him. You'd probably make a profit on the money they paid for him, still even at this point. And yeah, there probably is a better yeah. option they could find at left-back, so... I think if it was going to be anyone, it would probably be Simicass. I don't think... Um, got no, there eventually. <laughs> some people were saying Joe Gomez, but I don't think you should, they should say Homegrown, can't sell Joe Gomez. If he wasn't homegrown, though, you probably would say Joe Gomez. Yeah. I, I think... Um, it's more... Feels like he's club trained. More. Yeah. So, like, they, they, there's very few players. If they have, let him go, they only can get, like, a Connor Cody or Raheem Sterling, who yeah. they're not going to want, not going to make moves for. But there's only so many players out there that are available that can tick that yeah. box. Yeah. And Gomez can play right back which is, even though yeah. none of us have actually just said sell Gomez, I don't know why I'm defending him here, but that, that's the reason no, they don't need a right-back at the moment, because Gomez is there to offer that cover. Well, I think we will leave it there. Thank you for all your questions. Hopefully we got through um, quite a few of them there. Um, and we'll do another Q&A fairly soon. I think, um, I think that went well. And we'll be back on Friday to see if there's any developments um, in Liverpool's transfer chase. But until then, take care. See you soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.